Father, we just come before you right now. And God, I just thank you for your presence in this place. God, you are so wonderful. And Father, right now, we just fix our gaze and our focus on you. We open our hearts wide to you. And Lord, we say, have your way. Speak to us. God, may we have ears to hear, a heart to respond to you today, God. Speak to each one what each one needs from you. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are continuing on the she adventure, talking about how she, the wise woman, builds her home, her life, and her future. And last time we were together, we talked about the power of our words, right? And the supernatural power that is released when our heart and our mouth are connected. And I just want to encourage you, ladies, if any of you were not here uh, the last time we met, uh, the week before Thanksgiving, to hear that. I just want to encourage you to get the CD from the bookstore or listen to the podcast or online, whatever you need to do to get that. But it's just such a foundational truth for our lives as believers, as Christian women, as being able to walk out the life, the fulfilling, blessed life that God created us to live. So I just encourage you to listen to that if you weren't able to be here last time. But today we're going to go forward and continue talking about our words because our words are so vitally important. We build our world with our words. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. She, the wise woman, builds her world with her words. And the key scripture that we're using as our foundational scripture this whole season as we go through this she adventure is Proverbs 14.1. We've talked about it before. It says, every wise woman builds her house, but... The foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Our words are either building or tearing down our lives. And in Proverbs 18.21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. There are two types of words that will come out of our mouths. Words that build our lives Words that are life-giving, that will build our lives, or words that will tear down. Words of death that will tear down and destroy our lives. But we, as the wise woman that God created us to be, we need to allow our words to be those life-giving words that will build our lives. And part of being that wise woman is recognizing what kind of words tear down. Recognizing what kind of words destroy our lives so that we can avoid them. So today we're going to talk about the two different types of words that we can speak. But I want us to first start by talking about those words that tear down or destroy, okay? And we're going to be looking at quite a few verses today. Proverbs says so much about our words. And so I know the verses will be on the screens. If you want to follow along and just jot them down, you can do that. Because like I said, we will be looking at quite a few scriptures today. But you know, we are all more than capable of speaking words that tear down. None of us are above speaking destructive words. We are all more than capable of that. It tells us in 
in James chapter 3, um, it says that the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil, full of deadly poison. Wow. (laughs) It continues and says, With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who were made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. These things, my brethren, ought not be so. True. Ought not be so. But it says that it can be tamed by no man. That doesn't mean that it can't be tamed. Oh, it's a lost cause. Forget it. Why even bother? I'll just say whatever I want to say. No, because with God, our tongues can be tamed. And so we need to be women that get him involved, that come to him and talk to him about it. Say, help me with my words. Help me not to speak destructive words, but life-giving words that will build. Because we've got to be so careful and recognize that's our human nature. Our fleshly nature will speak destructive words. In Proverbs 6, verse 2, it says, you are snared with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. Our words will be a snare to our life if we're not careful. And then in Proverbs 15, 1, it requotes that exact same verse. It says, you are snared with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. If it's in there twice, just like that, I think we need to recognize that and let it catch our attention. We've got to be so cautious of the words that we're speaking. So let's talk about some different types of destructive words. It talks about lots of different types of words in Proverbs. Let's start by talking about gossiping words. Let's look at Proverbs 18 and verse 8. It says, the words of a whisperer or talebearer are as dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. When somebody has a little tidbit of gossip, sometimes it's like it's just this little delicacy. They just can't wait to just get their hands on and go share it with someone else, a little, that little dainty morsel. In Proverbs 26, 22, it says, The words of a whisperer or slanderer are like dainty morsels or words of sport. To some, for some it's a hobby, but to others are like deadly wounds as they go down into the innermost parts of the body or of the victim's nature. We all have excuses for gossip. Well, it's the truth. I didn't say anything that wasn't true. Well, I just wanted to share it so we could pray about it. Sound familiar? (laughs) We can come up with all kinds of excuses, but if it's not our place to say, if it's not our news to share, it's gossip. And we need to recognize it for what it is. It is hurtful and harmful to everyone involved. It is hurtful and harmful to the subject of that gossip. As it said right here in that last verse, we read the victim of that gossip. It is hurtful to the hearers of the gossip, as well as the one speaking it. I would venture to guess in this room, there are many of us who have been the subject of gossip before. It is not fun to be the subject 
of gossip. It is hurtful. And like the scripture said, it's like wounds that go down deep. And what happens when you're the subject of gossip, when others are gossiping about you? See, it always comes back. You always find out. Somehow it always comes back to you. Did you know that so-and-so said such-and-such about you? It always ends up coming back somehow. And when it does, it's hurtful. And what does it do? What happens when that comes back to us? It makes us think, oh, oh my gosh, I cannot trust that person. I can't say anything to that person again because who knows where it'll go or how it'll be twisted. And we feel like we can't trust that person. Then we think, oh my gosh, and who else did they tell? And how did it get twisted? And what version did they hear? And what did they think of me? And then our human fleshly nature does what? It retreats. And we put up our walls. And, and we just isolate ourselves because we're wondering, who's thinking what about me? Now, we've already talked about this end of it, haven't we, girls? That we know it's not right to isolate ourselves. And we've got to be women who will rise above and let things fall off our back and bring it to God and say, okay, Father, I'm coming to you and I'm giving this to you and I'm not going to carry that. We've already talked about being on that end. But today we're talking about being on this end, the one who's speaking the lies, or not necessarily lies, it could be truth, the one who's speaking the gossip. I never want to be responsible for causing wounds in another human being. I never want to be responsible for having someone else think they cannot trust me. As women of God, we need to be trustworthy. When someone shares something with us, they know it doesn't go any further. And I don't ever want to be responsible for someone putting up their walls towards people, for someone feeling like they have to isolate themselves from people. Because we don't know how they're going to respond. We don't know where they're at in their walk with God. They, they may be able to come to God and and give it to him and go forward. But they may not be able to do that. And then they put up their walls towards people. They may start putting up their walls towards God. They may get derailed in their relationship with God and off track of what he has for their life. And we would be held responsible, accountable to God because of careless words. I don't ever want to be responsible for someone else getting off track with God. We've got to recognize our words are powerful. Our words are impacting to others. We can't just speak loosely and casually and lightly. We've got to recognize the power of our words. And we've got to be women that rise up and refuse to allow gossip to come out of our lips. Amen? Amen. All right, another type of destructive words are lying words. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. In verse 18, it says, He who hides hatred is of lying lips, and he who utters slander is a self-confident fool. So here it's saying, if you have hatred in your heart, and you pretend like it's not there, and, you, and when that person approaches or someone brings up their name and you say, oh, yes, aren't they so wonderful? Oh, I just love them. And inside you're thinking something very different and you've got hatred in your heart. You have lying lips. But it also continues and says, 
But he who utters slander, so if we're truthful about it, if we're saying, I can't stand that person, da-da-da-da-da, is a self-confident fool. So take your choice. If you have hatred in your heart, you are either a liar or a fool. (laughs) There's no good answer here. The only good answer is to get rid of the hatred. God does not want us to go around putting a happy Christian, what we think is Christian face on, saying, oh, yes, you're so precious. Oh, I just love you so much. And then going home and saying, oh, I can't stand that person. That is not being a Christian. That is not a follower of Jesus. We need to deal with the hatred once and for all, get it out of our lives. Otherwise, we are a liar. Proverbs 12, 19 says, truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is credited but for a moment. Your lie may be believed for a moment, but truth will always come to light. Truth will always be revealed. And then what happens? Your character is tarnished. Your reputation is tarnished. And the lie is seen for what it is. And you are seen as a liar. I would be seen as a liar. We've got to recognize, we've got to be women who speak truth, who let truth come off our lips. Proverbs 12:22 says, Lying lips are extremely disgusting and hateful to the Lord, but they who deal faithfully are his delight. That says it pretty plain. Lying lips are extremely disgusting and hateful to the Lord, I don't want to be do anything that's disgusting to God. We need to recognize it's not just, oh, the really big lie. Like this little lie, oh, it doesn't hurt anyone. No, lying lips. Doesn't matter. Big lie, little lie, however you want to justify it, categorize it, it doesn't matter. It's a lie. And we need to recognize if there are lies coming off of our lips, out of our mouth. And as women of God, the wise women that he created us to be, that we recognize that and we refuse to allow those lips to, to allow those lies to come out of our mouth. And, you know, in Matthew, Jesus is talking and he talks about letting our yes be yes and our no be no. Gary and I have a good uh, pastor friend who he tells a story about as he was growing up, his dad just drilling it into him. Son, you keep your word or you die trying. And he heard that over and over growing up. And I've heard him tell the story so many times that it's just really left an imprint in me and, and uh, made an impression in my heart. Always keep my word. Be a woman of my word. As Godly women, shouldn't we be leading the way? Shouldn't we be setting the example, letting our yes be yes, our no be no, being women of our word and only letting truth come out of our mouths? Amen? Another type of destructive word are proud words. Proverbs 27, 2. It says, let another man praise you and not your own mouth a stranger, and not your own lips. How many of you like being around someone who's always telling you how great they are? Yeah, I don't see any hands. (laughs) 
How many of you like being around someone that's always telling you about all their accomplishments and how gifted they are and how anointed they are? Is that fun to be around? No, it's not. Why do we do that? We need to recognize what is coming out of our mouth. We don't need to praise ourselves. Allow God to do it. Let others say it if they want to say something. But God will exalt us. We don't need to exalt ourselves. I try to set this little rule in place for my life. And I am not perfect. And there are times that I forget my rule. And then I think, oh, why didn't I think before I spoke? But I try the best I can to do this little exercise in my mind before I speak. I ask myself a question and I say, what will be accomplished by these words I'm about to speak? What's going to be accomplished by this? What is my motive in saying this? Is it to make myself look better? Is it to make someone think something particular about me? Or is it to encourage someone else? Or is it to contribute something else? We need to stop and ask ourselves that question before we open our mouth. Not after, before we open our mouth. It's good to stop and just ask, what are these words going to accomplish? Proverbs 30, verse 32. It says, if you have done foolishly in exalting yourself, or if you have thought evil, lay your hand upon your mouth. I love that. So, saying, if you've, if you've been exalting yourself, lay your hand on your mouth. Zip your lip. Cover it up. If you've been exalting yourself, stop it. Be quiet. Let God exalt you, and he will. All right, so proud words can be destructive words. What about argumentative words? Proverbs says quite a few interesting things about argumentative words. Proverbs 21, 9. And many of these verses use the word contentious, which actually means argumentative, disagreeable. Okay? So Proverbs 21, 9, it says, It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop on the flat oriental roof exposed to all kinds of weather than in a house shared with a nagging, quarrelsome, and fault-finding woman. I love the Amplified Bible because many other translations don't describe what the roof is, you know. And so you could think, oh, well, maybe there's a little covering and they're in a little protected area. No, out there exposed to the worst kinds of weather, everything. That is better than being in the house with a woman who is nagging, quarrelsome, and fault-finding. Wow. We need to recognize our words can drive people away can cause people to not want to be around us. Proverbs 21:19 it says it's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Proverbs 25:24 it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than to share a house with a disagreeing, quarrelsome and scolding woman. And Proverbs 27. Now, why are these all specific to women? Hmm, maybe we need to to really take note of this. Proverbs 27, verse 15, it says, A continual dripping on a day of violent showers and a contentious woman are alike. And it continues in the next verse says, Whoever attempts to restrain a contentious woman 
might as well try to stop the wind. His right hand encounters oil as she slips through his fingers. In other words, a woman on a rampage cannot be stopped. She'll just keep going and going and going and going. We've got to recognize. <laughs> no, that's not the time to amen. <laughs> We've got to recognize what our words are doing. And, you know, and we give in to that, and then it just snowballs, and there's no stopping us, and it does more and more and more harm. We've got to recognize that our words have the power to drive people away from us, to cause people to not want to be around us. How awful is that? That's destructive to our lives because we need each other. It's destructive to our relationships. And as a result, it is destructive to our future. We've got to recognize the power of our words all the time. Even certain times of the month, we need to recognize and not use things as an excuse. Well, I'm just not feeling good, and people just know how it is, and my family knows. Just stay away during that time. <laughs> what an excuse that is, that we could just, just use that crutch and say, well, this week God's not going to shine through me at all, and that's just the way it is. Go in your room if you don't like it. No, we can't live like that. We are women of God created in his image and his likeness. He wants to flood himself through us all the time. We have control. We have authority over our emotions, over our words. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we need to rely on him and ask him to help us. We need to, with his help, tame that tongue and recognize the words coming out of our mouth so that we are not driving people from us so that no one ever has to say oh i don't want to be around her or well it's you know certain times she's okay but other times you just never know what you're gonna get you've been around people like that people don't want to be around people like that we cannot afford to allow our words to drive people away we will sabotage our lives our relationships, and as a result, our future. Argumentative words are destructive. Another type of destructive words Proverbs talks about are foolish words. And really what it is, it's talking about the words of a fool. Because we've read in Proverbs that either we are that wise woman who is continually, consciously building wisdom into our lives, or, but if we're not doing that, then we're the fool. And so if we're not continually building wisdom into our lives, these are the types of words and the result of words that will be evident in our life. In Proverbs 10:8, it says, The wise in heart will accept and obey commands, but the foolish of lips will fall headlong. In Proverbs 10:14, it tells us that the mouth of the foolish is a present destruction. Proverbs 18:6. A self-confident fool's lips bring contention, and his mouth invites a beating. Proverbs 18.7, a, a self-confident fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to himself. Proverbs 9.13, the foolish woman is noisy. 
She is simple and open to all forms of evil. She willfully and recklessly knows nothing whatever of eternal value. She's so busy yakking, yakking, yakking all the time that she never stops and takes time to let her heart get around the things that God wants her heart to get around, things of eternal value. We've got to recognize that when we're wise women, we will build the life, the future, by speaking the right words, that God, the life that God has for us. But when we're a fool, we bring destruction upon our lives. Our mouth will invite a beating. How do you like that? We've got to be women that allow our hearts to get around God's heart. Amen? And one other type of words that can bring destruction are hasty words. Proverbs 29, 20. It says, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a self-confident fool than for him. Now, we just read verses about the self-confident fool that his lips bring contention. He invites a beating. The mouth of the foolish is a present destruction. And now this verse is saying that there's more hope for him than the one who speaks hasty words, who, who talks quickly without thinking. We've got to be women that don't just yak, that don't just say things for the sake of saying things, that we recognize the power of our words, that we slow down, we think about what we're saying, and we speak wise words. In Proverbs 13, 3, it says, He who guards his mouth keeps his life, but he who opens wide his lips come to ruin. We've got to think before we open that mouth wide because once it opens wide, who knows what might come out if we don't slow down and think first. So there's all kinds of words that we can speak that are destructive, that will really tear down our lives. But there are also all kinds of words that will be life-giving and build up our lives. So let's take a few minutes and look at what Proverbs says about those kinds of words. And, you know, as we talked about destructive words, you know, maybe there's certain words that, that kind of struck your heart and, and there's that little twinge on the inside and you thought, oh, yeah, I need to work on that. You know what? That's the Holy Spirit just speaking to your heart. So just allow yourself to, to take note of that and say, okay, God, we're going to talk about that one later because I want to get that right. And now let's look at what kind of words we can speak that will build our lives rather than tearing down. Encouraging words build our lives. Proverbs 16:24. It says, "Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the mind and healing to the body." Proverbs 25:11 says, "A word fitly spoken in due season is like apples of gold in settings of silver." I love that. Encouraging, pleasant words bring life. They build Pleasant words are encouraging words. I've seen so many times in marriage relationships where the way that husband and wife speak to each other is not with pleasant words, not encouraging words. I've seen couples that speak to each other so horribly, worse than they would ever speak to a stranger. We've got to recognize the power of our words, especially within those relationships that we hold most dear and that we've got to be building those relationships. And we can do that through encouraging and pleasant words. You know, Gary and I, when we got married, we both just 
we were just so grateful for what God had done and brought us to the place he had brought us to and what he was doing in our lives and we were just so appreciative for everything and so we entered into that marriage with such appreciative grateful hearts and and it's just kind of unfolded as a way of life for us that we just appreciate everything about each other and we verbally express that so if he takes the trash out i don't just take it for granted that well that's his job he should take the trash out i thank him for taking the trash out when he as he does every morning because he's so wonderful when he brings me my morning cup of coffee when i'm getting ready i never take it for granted i always thank him for that and uh when i you know make dinner or do whatever he thanks me for that last night he made dinner so i thanked him for that we cultivate that um attitude of appreciation and gratitude in our home by speaking pleasant words pleasant words are encouraging words they build and it it just creates this whole atmosphere in the home that is just wonderful i remember one time talking to a pastor friend who was telling us that when he does marriage counseling he always tells couples this he says never ever compete for anything Never compete over anything except one thing. There's only one thing you're allowed to compete over, and that's to outpraise each other. And I thought that was kind of neat. And just to really encourage each other, as long as it's heartfelt and sincere and coming from your heart, just always just out praising each other and telling each other how wonderful they are and how much you appreciate them and just kind things about them. We build our homes through pleasant words. We build our relationships through pleasant words. And as a result, we'll end up building an amazing future through those pleasant words that have been spoken. We've got to recognize the power of pleasant, encouraging words. It'll do such a miracle in our home and in our relationships, but it'll also be such an awesome example for children to see as well. It'll do miracles in relationships with them, but what uh, an example for them to carry with them throughout their life as well. Amen? And right along with encouraging and pleasant words, Proverbs talks about gracious words. In Proverbs 22, 11, it says, He who loves purity and the pure in heart and who is gracious in speech because of the grace of his lips will have the king for his friend. When we speak gracious words, it causes us to have favor and it draws people to us. People will want to be around us. We talked about being that woman that nobody wants to be around because of the kinds of words we speak. But when we speak kind, gracious words, people will flock to us. They will want to be around that. Do you realize that? People are so hungry for some graciousness, some kindness, some encouragement in their lives. So many people don't ever get that, don't ever get that in their families, in their homes. They're so hungry for that. If we just speak gracious words to people, it'll cause people to flock to us and allow us the opportunity to share more and more of the nature of God with them. Another type of words talked about in Proverbs are courageous words. Proverbs 8, in verse 6, it says, Hear, for I will speak excellent and princely things, and the opening of my lips shall be for right things. For my mouth shall utter truth, 
and wrongdoing is detestable and loathsome to my lips. Sometimes it takes courage to stand up for right things, to speak out for what is right. Proverbs 31, 8, it says, Open your mouth for the dumb, those who are unable to speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are left desolate and defenseless. And the next verse says, Open your mouth, judge righteously, and administer justice for the poor and needy. Sometimes we need to be women who rise up with courageous words, speaking out for others, helping others, stepping in where someone cannot help themselves, and speaking words that will bring life to them. And then lastly, I want us to talk about wise words. You know, we looked at several verses from Proverbs where it talked about the foolish words, the words of a foolish person. There's so many verses in Proverbs where it talks about the words of a wise person, that wise one who builds wisdom continually into her life. And if we are that kind of woman who does that, then we should be speaking these types of words. I love this verse in Proverbs 18.4. It says, The words of a discreet and wise man's mouth are like deep waters, plenteous and difficult to fathom. And the fountain of skillful and godly wisdom is like a gushing stream, sparkling, fresh, pure, and life-giving. That's what our words should be. When we live as the woman God created us to be, continually building wisdom into our lives, then when we open our mouth, it'll be like deep waters, like a fountain of godly wisdom that's just gushing out of us, sparkling fresh, pure, and life-giving to others. Proverbs 16, 23, it says, The mind of the wise instructs his mouth and adds learning and persuasiveness to his lips. So when we live as that wise woman, building wisdom into her lives, that will instruct our lips on how to speak. And we'll begin to just speak that way naturally when we start living as the wise woman we were created to be. In uh, Proverbs 10, 21, it says, The lips of the uncompromisingly righteous feed and guide many, but fools die for want of understanding and heart. Our words should bring nourishment to others, should help guide others on their way. Proverbs 20, 15, There is gold and a multitude of pearls, but the lips of knowledge are a vase of preciousness, the most precious of all, more precious than gold, more precious than pearls are the lips of the wise because of the words that we allow to come out of our mouth. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven: he who has knowledge spares his words. So the wise woman knows that she doesn't have to say everything that pops into her head at every moment. We spare our words. I did not just see Travis cheering back there. (laughs) You're busted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And then it continues in that same thought in Proverbs 10, 19. It says, in a multitude of words is transgression not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 21:23 He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. Proverbs 16:10 Divinely directed decisions are on the lips of the king and his mouth should not dis- 
transgress in judgment. Divinely directed decisions will be on our lips when we're women who build wisdom into our lives. In Proverbs 31:26, I love this. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. So many verses, and there's many more than that in Proverbs that talks about the words of the wise woman and what that produces in our life. So even just in those few that we just looked at, it says the wise woman's words are like deep waters, a gushing, life-giving stream. They feed and guide others. They're most precious and valuable. They're few, but they are impacting. They give wise counsel and instruction. They bring favor and they protect from trouble. How awesome is that? Who wants that kind of fruit in your life? I know I do. And we can all have that when we choose to speak words that build, life-giving words. Our words have the power to build an amazing life. We just have to stop and recognize what is it that's coming out of our mouth. Are our words building our lives, our homes, our relationships, our future, or are they tearing down? We have to remember that building is a process. And we might be, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, sometimes they build and sometimes they tear down. And, well, I've tried, I've tried, and I've spoken kind words, but nothing happened. Building is a process. And just like that brick house is not constructed overnight, it's constructed one brick at a time. In the same way, we construct our lives, our future our relationships one word at a time. It's a process. It's not just one word and then stop. It's a continual process. One word after another, one encouraging, one gracious, one pleasant word after another and another and another. And then we will see this amazing life unfold that God created us to have. So ladies, I want to encourage you whether it's sometime this week or or even later today while this is still fresh in your minds, I want to encourage you to take some time. Get alone with God. Just find a quiet place with Him and just open your heart to Him and ask Him to show you. Sometimes we can just say, oh, well, I speak good words. Mine are fine and rush out the door. But I want to encourage you to get alone with God and just open your heart and ask Him, Father, show me. Am I speaking life giving, building words, or am I speaking words that are tearing down? And allow him to show you and just be quiet and listen and let him show you where there are areas where maybe there needs to be a little adjustment. You know, we're, none of us are perfect as long as we're on this earth. And so we'll make that little adjustment and then we need to come back to him and make another little adjustment and then another little adjustment and then another little adjustment. It's that process as long as we're alive on this earth. So it's not that there's anything wrong with us. It's just part of our process of us growing and becoming more and more like him. So I just encourage you, get that time with him and just ask him to show you where that adjustment needs to be made with your words and ask him to help you by the Holy Spirit to help you make that adjustment so that you can be a woman who speaks more life-building words. Amen? Amen. Father, we just come before you right now. And God, I just pray that, that as
as you've been speaking to our hearts, that you just continue to do that. And Father, show us where we need to make adjustments. God, show us by your spirit. And Father, I pray that we would be women who would not ignore the voice of your spirit, but we would heed your voice and we would desire to speak words that build our lives rather than tearing down. Father, help us. Thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit as our helper. God, we rely on you. And God, help us to be women that walk forward with such determination to be all that you created us to be. In Jesus' name. And everyone said?